All right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS This Is Awesome, the PlayStation Podcast. This is episode 229. This is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get off the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash PS This Is Awesome, and go visit us on Twitter at PS This Is Awesome. If you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PlayStation Network, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81, Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw one As always, you can write the show at PS This Is Awesome at Gmail. And most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends. Be sure to leave comments and rate the podcast as you see fit. And as a reminder, we are a video podcast as well. And you can watch the show if you prefer over at our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to that. And for new and or longtime listeners, we now have a Patreon where you can support the show at a $1 level called the one and only $1 Club. Head over to patreon.com slash PS. This is awesome. And you can become a $1 patron just like Jeff Oakman. Thank you, Jeff, for your contribution. Uh, Like Jeff, you can become a patron, like I said, and we will get you your die-cut vinyl sticker and a shout-out on the show. Just so you know, Jeff, that sticker is on its way, even though you didn't pay a dollar yet because it bills at the beginning of every month. So please stay tuned in through next month so that you uh, we actually at least get a dollar from you. I'm just kidding. Uh, Jeff is a cousin of mine that uh, it was a happy surprise. He, uh, he, he'd written in, and uh, I had no idea. He'd been listening to the show for like over a year, which is crazy. Um, very cool, though. We have listeners out there, and we don't know that they're listening. They're there. We know you're out there. So thank you, Jeff. Uh, we appreciate that. Jake, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm fucking tired. We had we hosted a we usually every year we host a a, a get together for Father's Day and for like my parents, Sarah's parents, my brother and um my grandparents usually show up, my dad's parents. <clears throat> and you know obviously spouses and my nephews here usually mm-hmm. and stuff. So um, but everyone was fucking ill last weekend, so we postponed it a week until today, and uh, so we had everyone over today. So, like, the last three or four days have been just fucking crazy. Like, because I'll be honest, one of the reasons why, and my wife, Sarah, was like, was like oh, I wish we almost wouldn't have done it this year. We haven't had a lot of time, blah, blah, blah. You've been sick, yada, yada. But... One of the reasons why I love having this party every year is because it forces us to deep clean our house at Mm. least once a year. Because it's like, okay, everyone's coming over. We've got to make the house presentable. And I know that's so stupid that, like, I need to be motivated in that way. But it's, you know, we both work full-time jobs. You know, we have extracurricular activities and stuff. It can sometimes be a challenge to keep up with the housework. And so, like, when we have something like this, even though it's stressful, like, it requires us to get everything cleaned, and it kind of allows us to start over in terms of, like, you know, messing the fuck up out of our house. But um, my little – my nephew was over. He just turned three in May and uh, tired me at – we were in the pool, and, you know, he's wanting me to throw him in the air and all this crazy shit. And yeah. So um, it was awesome. I feel – I was kind of I was kind of bummed because – we got in the pool and we were in the pool for like half an hour and then it started raining and started the thunder started coming in so we had to get out which sucks because the weather was perfect the pool water was perfect everything was awesome but other than that uh still recovering from my terrible sinus infection just i mean i'm not like sick anymore but i'm still like getting all that crap out of me if if i feel it sound a little nasally that's why um but other than that doing 
pretty good. How about you? Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, we had uh, two two concerts last night. We played the Riverside Music Festival. Uh, Jake, you Dude, did you ever me? did you ever ask anyone why they took the roof off of that fucking stage? No, there was like that weird uh, whatever you want to call it thing over top, but it was hot as hell. It was like 90 degrees. We we're outside playing. But uh, yeah, Jake joined me. Jake and his wife and the rest of the flood came out and they played. We played four thirty to five thirty, and we had all kinds of issues on stage uh, with the drum monitors. So those who don't play music, uh, maybe you don't even know, but the, those speakers on stage that you always see, like the dudes do solos, they put their foot up on, and they're, like, they're, they're usually setting their foot up on a speaker. And if you think about it. And uh, unless you've really been on stage and you don't know how it works, but like all of the sound is projecting out outwards, right? So the band can't really hear what's going on unless they have some speakers coming back at them. And uh, when you're on stage, you do sound check. You're able to get, you know, if I want to hear more of Jake's bass in my monitor, I tell the sound guy, hey, I want to hear more of the bass because I like locking into the rhythm. Or if I need to hear Troy's guitar riffs or if I need to hear some drums or if I need to hear more of myself so I can, you know, work with the dynamic stuff. It's very important. Those are monitors. They're called monitors. They're on the stage. And uh, the interesting thing is, is uh, for probably, honestly, about at least half of our set, our drummer, Nate, did not have a monitor because it had overheated and it just kind of kicked off. So he was going just based on the amp sound. Our, uh, you know, he, so he had no acoustic at all because I don't use an amp. I go direct into the sound system. So he had a little bit of Troy and a little bit of Jake's bass and was just drumming based on memory, really. And whatever he could pull out of the wedge in front of me that was shooting past my face back to his drum kit. And we did a really good job considering the, the, the technical issues that we, we had at the show yesterday. But, yeah, I thought you guys did a good job, and, and I was impressed with it, you know. Um, not like that uh, that dude who was running sound to have any issues, and it wasn't his fault. It's just it was a really hot day, and that gear was just baking. Those those active speakers were just baking in the sun all day. So, well, that's what I was wondering because I was actually kind of nervous about my bass amp, yeah. just because it was so hot. You know, obviously, almost all musical gear is black, so it just absorbs mm-hmm. the sun. They have built-in and fans then, and stuff, but it's never enough. But, like, that's why I was wondering about why they – because they have this outdoor stage at this place we play. And it's really nice. But in, last year, they had, like, a built-on, like, roof. It was like a – imagine, like, a stage with a roof but no walls. And it was awesome. It was perfect. Kept the sun off you and everything. They put a banner up behind you so the back is kind of covered. Mm-hmm. But this year, for whatever reason, they had removed the roof. The pillars were still there, but the roof was gone. And they just stretched this, like, fucking black net yeah. over the top of the stage that kind of provided some shade, but it almost felt like it was magnifying the heat, mm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, it it was just... And, like, the worst part about me, like, the thing that I struggle with the most when I'm playing bass is that if my arm... And I didn't have a sweatband today or yesterday, and if my arm gets too sticky... Like from sweating, it gets stuck on the body of the bass, and sometimes I'll miss notes because like I can't move as well, and yeah. I'm not really like thinking about Get locked it. Locked up, but but other than it being hot, it was a good time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought I thought last year's show there was more fun because we played later and it was cooler and there was more people. Yeah, there and, weren't but, there weren't as many people there this this time. Yeah. I just heard thunder, by the way, so we're getting a storm here in a little bit, probably. Hey, you're probably getting the stuff that just threw up, flew over us. Yeah. Um, so we did that, and uh, 
There wasn't really a whole lot else going on. I ran. I've been running so like an idiot yesterday before the show. I been using this Nike app, and they give you like a plan, like a uh, kind of like a a rubric to follow. This is what you're going to do this week. This is what you're going to do the next week. It just keeps going, right? Until you tell it you don't want to do a plan anymore. I set like an eight-week plan to run a 5K, which is ridiculous because a 5K shouldn't take long at all. I'm already running like four miles now, but I'm in like week three. But it's just, uh, I didn't want to hurt myself. I, I know last year I was I went at it and then like I kind of quit because my knee started hurting and I started getting some pain in my feet and stuff. So I wasn't as ambitious um, after I had those injuries last year. So I'm trying to get back into it. But yesterday, I, or Friday, or Saturday morning, sorry, Saturday, yesterday morning, Saturday, we're recording this on Sunday, I I thought I would have, they're like interval runs, right? I've done some interval runs, not a big deal. This is called hill running, hill intervals. And I'm like, well, shit, that ain't that bad. And I have like, a, I live on this brick brick road that's almost 90 degrees straight up. It, if In terms of running, like, it is a hill. It's a legit hill. So I went out early in the morning and, uh, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can run. I can do 45 seconds at like a seven effort, you know, up that hill. No problem. And then I can do a 10, 10 out of 10 effort for 15 seconds. That's what this interval thing was with like, you know, like a, a minute break as you go back down the hill, jog back down. And then like another was like 30 second break when you run full speed, you get 30 seconds to jog back down from your 15 second sprint. But like you do this for 25 minutes straight. And it's like they just go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And you're like, oh, fuck, dude. By the end of it, like I felt I wanted to die. But I felt good because like I was I was actually holding, you know, as as the uh, um, uh, man, what were they called? New Kids on the Blocks was I was hanging tough. So. <laughs> so what is it? What is How does it determine effort level? You determine your own effort. You you just know. You know what I mean? Like you know so like they, they, they describe it as like a six out of ten would be like your uh if you're running like like a ten K or anything more like a ten K or more would be like a six or a five. Like your pace yes. for a ten K? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a pace, like your speed. Okay. You, they, okay, and that makes so sense. So they say yeah, they say not to equate uh, effort with speed on the app because they still sure. want you to make the effort. And like, I guess that makes sense because, you know, if you're conscientiously trying to maintain a specific tempo or speed, that requires effort. And they don't want you to be like a lazy ass runner. They still want you to have like good form, you know, lean forward a little bit. Like just make sure you're running correctly. Like a, like a six effort doesn't mean that you're just kind of like just running around like an asshole like it means that you're still fucking running but you're you're not you're able to have like a conversation if you need to you know what i mean like you're not like winding yourself but a 10 would be as fast as you can run without grimacing and like maintaining your composure so like that's like pretty much a sprint if you're not like in pain you know what i mean so Hmm. yeah so i think they describe like a 5k pace is like a seven um, so yeah, it's really cool. So these workouts they give you, they, they give you an idea of what pace to start at. You warm up, they say go at like a six pace or whatever, and you just fucking go through all this shit. And like the time you're done with it, like I felt great, dude. I felt great. And you know, to be honest, after one of my land played, after playing in the sun for an hour with the flood and then taking like four hours off and going and playing an hour in a smoky, it was smoky in there in that bar. Dude, I was, I th- I wasn't winded at all, but I was sweating like like hell. But like 
I wasn't like winded or exhausted at all. The only thing that was happening was my voice was kind of starting to die on me just from screaming so much. But it, it was good, man. I feel I'm feeling the benefits of running already. Dude, I was after that show just because we had done so much just getting ready for this party and yeah. stuff and everything you know after standing in the sun for two hours mm-hmm. or a little more than that because we stayed a little bit and watched the the group after us i dude we fucking went home we do we got home we picked up some food on the way back we we stopped we ran up to uh the ice cream place and got some ice cream mm-hmm. and came back and we just freaking vegged and passed out dude i did I, you I was so worn out just from like standing, and, like in the <laughs> just just being in the sun. You know, I mean, you know, it takes a lot out of you. Well, you're also still recovering from your infection. Well, or whatever, that's so probably part of it. Your yeah. health isn't full on, but yeah, man, I was I was I woke up in the morning. I was like, I gotta fucking charge up, and I was just like, I'm gonna run. I'm gonna fucking get my energy up. I'm gonna feel good. It's funny because at the end of the night, Nate came back out to see our one of my land concert. Him and his uh, girlfriend Alexandria, and they, they loved. She loved one of my land. Like she was like all about it. She's like, oh my god, I had no idea that you know you did this. You and Troy did this, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, it's fun. She was, it was like speaking her language, and they had a good time. But like, I was talking with Nate that night, and I said, dude, like when we're done with like three hour sets, like let's say we go play the break wall, and we get home, and it's like ten ten at night or something. I was like, I need to know, like when you finally take peel your socks off. Maybe you take a shower, maybe you don't. Maybe you clean up a little bit, maybe you don't. But like when you finally lay the hell down on like a couch or a bed, are you like, can you, like, do you know, like, if you make a noise? Because, like, dude, when I lay down in after like a long night, I'm just like, whoo, like, I'm giddy with excitement of how comfortable my body finally is after all the loading and all the playing and all the like, just the 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 mental kind of stress of being in front of people like man it is so nice to be back home and be like okay there's another nail in the coffin like it just feels good do you do you get that way like after a gig like do you like just when you put your feet up you're like oh man this feels so much better than had I you know it's so so great i don't know um i i do i don't know if it's like the it it's probably not the same as i feel like if i've been you know, for me, like that is more like, oh, I've been traveling all day yeah. or like I've been, you know, working really hard all day or something like mm. that. Um, but I get that way sometimes in our shows. It really depends on how the show goes, how active they are and honestly how many beers I've had, because like some of the shows that we do are relatively passive especially if you don't have like an engaged audience right. or you're playing to a few people or something like that yeah but yeah i mean a lot of it is just getting off your fucking feet but usually our drive home is so fucking long most of the time because usually we have to drive quite a ways that like i've kind of chilled out by the time i got home oh, and then dude. i just kind of either watch something or just go straight to bed i can appreciate that yeah i don't know man with me it's just like on days that we have gigs, I'm getting up, I'm checking the set list, I'm making sure we have set lists, I'm doing all the social media stuff, I'm trying to prep beforehand, make sure my stuff's loaded up, I'm trying, you know, just double checking times, making sure we're there on time. I usually try to get there earlier just to make sure, and then like, it makes a long day, man. But yeah, I, I hear you, for sure. I don't know. Well, Jake, we're here to talk about podcasts or games on this podcast. Jeez, I can't even talk. And uh, let's talk about, well, 
first off, before we get into games that we're playing, let's let's talk a little bit about some interaction we've had with some listeners. And uh, um, Jeff, the new patron, uh, the new patron, the longtime listener, did write into the show. So uh, I want to discuss something that he brought up. First off, he wanted to acknowledge that LJ did a great job in your absence, Jake. Uh, and maintain the spirit of the show, and I agree, so thanks for saying that, Jeff. And, uh, of course, we thank you, LJ, and I'm sure you're listening as well because you're a, you're a patron as well of the show. Um, so thank you for that, and, uh, you know, maybe we'll have LJ on again, um, you know, like we did with your brother sometime, and that was kind of fun. And uh, as far as remakes and remasters, Jeff writes, um, because he's a new patron, I wanted to share this. And this is a little long, but it's 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 to what we talked about last episode, Jake. And maybe you can add to this since you weren't on that show. But Jeff says, mm-hmm. remakes and remasters, you shared some sentiment about The Last of Us. And why would we pay a full price for this game? Thank you. Good Lord, the last several years, I feel like we've been flooded with remakes and remasters. Sony's forcing The Last of Us now. This game was released nine years ago this month. It's already been remastered, and now they're releasing a remake and charging a full game price for this. What's going on? I feel like this is crazy. It's the same game, just with updated graphics and faster loading, but the exact same experience story-wise. My thoughts are that, yes, The Last of Us was a great story. I still haven't played the second one, but I'm aware of the differing opinions on it. But they're taking the Bethesda approach with Skyrim and milking this game dry. But I don't think it's just The Last of Us. I feel like the past few years we've been inundated with remakes and remasters. And every time there's one for a game I used to love, I'll play it and I'm underwhelmed. They're usually still good, but it never quite captures the nostalgia I had when I loved it at a, at a younger age. Um, but that's because I've already experienced the story and know what will happen. There seems to be a general creativity block in the industry recently where new ideas and new IPs are harder to come by and further between. Of course, I could be imagining that too, but when I think about Naughty Dog spending development time on re-releasing The Last of Us a third time in the past nine years, I can't help but wonder what they could have been creating as a new experience instead. I know Factions is coming eventually too, and that will probably be a standalone full price multiplayer game but it's not just games i feel like film movie industry has gone gone uh, this way too the past decade um, you could speak to the music industry better i wonder if there's a bit of this remaking or remixing going on there as well as for games i would love to see development time and dollars be invested into new experiences rather than remaking and remastering games and stories i've already done before um I can speak briefly about the music thing. Uh, it's not really relevant to the podcast, but it is that we're musicians, Jake. Um, I think this has been a thing with music for a long time. You know, we see it a lot in like rap. Uh, they they re uh, resample old classic rock songs or classic you know disco songs or beats, and then they'll just kind of turn it into something else. So it's not they're not really remaking something. They're they're borrowing a lot of stuff that's already written and turning it into something fresh. We see, man, I don't know how many times, um, um, what's that song, Paved Parking Lot, put up a, uh, whatever. Uh, oh, County Crows. Yeah, yeah, they covered that. Someone else, Green Day, I think, might have covered that. Um, don't It Always Seem to Go, You Don't Always Got Till It's Gone, that thing. So that song's been covered a million times and been made famous different times. Uh, movies, yes, a Star is Born, for sure. That's been redone three times now. How many Spider-Man movies do we have that are like te- retelling the beginning of Peter Parker? Same with Batman. Uh, we see it all the time. Uh, music, it, it seems to ha- come and go. Um, 
like whenever like a new genre picks up again or an old genre becomes like more radio friendly again like you know if punk ever gets a resurgence i'm sure we're gonna get like punk covers of like i don't know maybe you know lady gaga songs or something down the road you know what i mean that'll be like the cool things to cover like the the, the r&b pop songs in a different format but we always have stuff like that um i don't know i i've never really done as a musician i've never really you know we've done covers you know or the flood we'll do a few covers in an evening like three or four covers but never it's just interesting when you see uh, the thing the, the example that i use a lot when i play out is this and more so with music it's the the performers typically nowadays if they're famous aren't necessarily the authors of the music so for instance jason isbell is a grammy award winner um great singer songwriter he wrote a song that was performed by Bradley Cooper in A Star is Born. Um, Bradley Cooper, uh, it's not maybe the one that you guys are thinking of, but Bradley Cooper uh, plays a song in the movie. I think even on the soundtrack, it's him playing, singing Jason's song. And then Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam covered that song, and Pearl Jam blew up huge on YouTube for covering that song that... Uh, whatever I said his name was, Bradley Cooper sang that Jason Isbell wrote. And then uh, the Pearl Jam video blew up of them playing the song live because that movie had a lot of traction at the time. Eddie Vedder did a great job singing the song. But I think if you, a lot of people don't even trace it back. They probably think it's just a Pearl Jam song. Like people don't know. That's what really bothers me about music is like when the, because I know how, how hard it is to write a song. And I have yet to find Jason Isbell playing his own song. He probably signed off the rights to do it. I'm sure he made a ton of money on it, but I mean, it's interesting that, you know, with music, it gets lost in the mix. You know what I mean? You don't really know who writes these songs that you're on the radio. You know, that's what's so cool about, uh, um, man, who is, is it, who has the 19, whatever record, 1984 record or something? Is that, is that Katy Perry? Who, who, no. You're talking about 1989 by Taylor Swift. Yeah, Taylor Swift. She writes all of her own music from what I understand. Um, yeah. Which is what's so cool about Taylor Swift. And I'm not a I'm not a huge fan, but I can appreciate what she's doing because she's writing her own music. And like there's from a songwriter to like, you know, when you look at that, it's really interesting. A lot of these pop pop stars don't. Um, they get handed songs and uh, pretty much told what to do and how to sing them. And then, you know, you're really just buying their voice when you buy their music or listen to their music. It's not across the board that way, but it's more than you would think. Um, so when it comes to remakes and stuff, within the music industry, the thing that bothers me the most is that, is like the the, like the authors of these songs and the writers of these songs, they get credit in liner notes, but liner notes don't even really exist anymore because everything's digital, you know what I mean? So no one really fucking knows who writes what unless you really pay attention and try to figure it out. So it's just, uh, it's been that way for a long time. A lot of those old 50 songs too, weren't always written by those those guys you know what i mean uh, when i say guys i mean like buddy holly and uh you know johnny cash and you know elvis specifically didn't write a lot of his own music um but a lot of people don't know that uh but it's it's kind of that way in pop uh culture uh with songwriting there's a lot of there's there's a great documentary on netflix i think it's on it's called the wrecking crew it's about like this house band of guys that were just fantastic back in the day and they'd come in and they're on like some of your favorite classic rock records you don't even know it's these guys um they're they're playing a lot of the the instrumentation of these songs um 
you know. But anyways, uh, enough about that. But it's a cool documentary. But to answer your question, Jeff, yeah, I, we see it all over. I'm sick of it too, man. And uh, I, I'm excited to see what the two new games that Naughty Dog are putting together are. Jake, do you have any input on that? Uh, what Jeff wrote in about? Um. So yeah, I mean, the music industry has been doing it for literally ever. And we're just if you're talking about specifically remasters. I mean, if you think about artists like the Beatles, Michael Jackson, stuff like that, like their albums have been being remixed and remastered and re-released forever. <laughs> and so I, I honestly think that they are probably, along with the movie industry, you think about like uh, Star Wars was re-released in the theaters in the late 90s, the original trilogy. They like remastered it, excuse me, and put it out. Um, so it's not surprising that this is coming to games. What it boils down to is money. So people will buy this again. And and to be clear, the thing that bothers me the most about this re-release of The Last of Us is not that they're doing it. What bothers me is that they're calling it a remake, and they're using that term very loosely, and that they're charging $70 for it. (laughs) So... The fact that they're re-releasing it, it's a PS5 version. It's got much better graphics. They like made it a little bit more like The Last of Us Part Two graphically. Plus, they have, you know, um, you know, maybe some updated control schemes and accessibility options and shit. Whatever, whatever. But the thing that bothers me about it is not that they're doing it. The fact that they're they're calling it a remake when literally all that they're doing is that they're just swapping models out and updating the lighting and stuff like that. It, it's it's a remaster. Mm. I mean, a lot of these and and I don't know this for a fact, but you know, sort of whispers in the industry are saying that like they're probably just using the young Ellie and Joel models from the flashbacks in The Last of Us Part 2. Mm. So they didn't even have to probably do a ton of work. Like, so so what, that's what I mean. Is like, they're calling it a remake, but, like, they didn't really do anything. I mean, yeah, they, they, they probably pulled it back into Naughty Dog because they wanted it to be perfect, and they wanted it to look authentic and true, and they wanted to have their stamp on it, yada, yada. I understand that. They want to have control over the creative license. But, like... The fact that they're to me this is like a this is like a fifty or forty dollar release. Yeah. This isn't a seventy dollar release. Now, if they were including factions with it or something like that, then okay, that's a different story. But they're not. So, to me, it's like at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. No, there's probably a ton of people that have a PS5 that never played The Last of Us, and this is a great opportunity for them to play it. And honestly, I don't even mind them charging $70 for a new license for the game that's the new version. But me, as a previous owner, of both I copies. should be able to upgrade to this version for free. If not for free, then for a very low price compared yeah. to you know, maybe like 20 bucks or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Because there's nothing about like The Last of Us Remastered versus The Last of Us Part 1 is what they're calling it. And I made a joke like a couple weeks ago where I said, you know, I think that the whole reason why they're doing this is literally so they can rename the game The Last of Us Part 1. And I, I kind of stand by that because it's like, okay, now it's, you know, contiguous with The Last of Us Part 2 and like in nomenclature and all this stuff. But what, and, and maybe there is an upgrade scheme that we don't know about yet or mm. something, or maybe there, maybe it's out there and I just don't know about it. 
But it seems to me like even though I fucking own The Last of Us Remastered on PS4 and even though I own the original release of The Last of Us on PS3, I would have to pay $70 to buy this all over again. Yeah, yeah. I can't just upgrade it to the new version, mm. even for a reduced fee. So that is what bothers me the most about it. And it's something that Sony is going to do as long as they can get away with it. So to me, it's like if you can get your money, fucking get your money. But until the market speaks, like they're going to do this. So either this thing has to flop so that they don't do it again or they're going to keep doing it. And my gut says that the people that like The Last of Us, that love The Last of Us are going to buy this. And there's, they're going to have enough like new entries, you know, people that are new to PlayStation with PS5 and stuff that are going to pay seventy bucks for this, and that's fine. Because please don't get me wrong, if I'm a new PlayStation gamer and I have never played The Last of Us before, this is one hundred percent worth seventy dollars. But if I I'm experienced PlayStation gamer. I already have the game and everything. It is not worth it. And maybe it's not for me and you. Maybe it's only for the people that have never played it before. But I don't know. That's that's I guess my yeah. my take on it. I don't really have a problem with remakes and remasters, especially if they're like old games. Like you talk about the you know the Spyro trilogy or the Crash trilogy, like really old early polygonal games that they're bringing mm-hmm. into the new generation. Like in PS3, they had the remakes, uh, the remasters of like the. Sly Cooper games and the Ratchet and Clank games; those are really good. Um, Sony really like started this trend with in the PS3 generation, and they're just continuing it forward and they're just taking it to the next level. But so I, I don't know. I I'm kind of indifferent about it, but I do agree that, and, and I don't think that it's a big deal that Naughty Dog did this because yeah, it probably took some of their resources, but I don't think they really did, had to do that much that it's detracting from factions or, you know, the new game, whatever that is. Yeah, it's hard so, to say how many people they assigned we'll to it. That's good input. And then uh, piggybacking off of what you're saying there, Jake, we had L- – LJ and I had talked briefly because they had announced uh, the title of the of the second installment of Final Fantasy VII Remake. It was called Rebirth, I believe. Um, or something yeah. like that. And we had discussed that game. Now, neither he nor I have played this. And, uh, you know, I was, we were just kind of talking, not yet, it's on my list, and uh, we were talking about it, and then it had come up on the show whether they're, you know, LJ had asked, like, had they stayed with the original story, or have they, like, injected different stuff, or are they keeping to the story of Final Fantasy VII, or are they moving? And honestly, I wasn't sure at the time. And then I, we kind of got on the side rail and started talking about how like we were upset about remakes, remasters. And I think I did bring up the Final Fantasy VII remake. But everyone's really excited about it. And to, to credit, uh, on our YouTube channel, we had a response to that from Kustov Promenik, I think, if I'm spelling your name correct or pronouncing it correct. Um, he indicated that... Uh, uh, he, he said, also, spoiler, Final Fantasy VII remake is not following the original story. It's a complete reboot. And then he also indicated that comparing it to Resident Evil or The Last of Us remake would be absurd um, because the latter two didn't need a remake um, and indicating that Final Fantasy VII kind of did. So, and then on top of that, I I asked him if he thought they were doing a good job and uh, Kustov says that uh, the pacing is a bit off 
his his opinion. Um, some of the stuff like puzzles drags on a little too long, but the story's good enough for him. And he'd have preferred the original story, but he doesn't mind this one either. And he'll reserve his judgment until part three comes out. And he said, gameplay-wise, especially in boss battles, and this might might be a hot take, this is a better game than every other PlayStation exclusive, including God of War. It's that good. So I think that's his way of trying to encourage me to uh, try to play the game. So thanks for writing in. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that I agree with him on the battle system. It is good. Don't get me wrong. It's way better than I expected it mm-hmm. to be. And you but did play is it, so, yeah. better. Yeah, but is it better than God of War in that? I don't know. That's that is kind of a spicy take. But I will say that yeah, they. they my biggest problem with Final Fantasy VII Remake was not that they kind of altered the telling of the story. And be, to be clear, the story is basically the same. They did alter some stuff that I would have preferred that they didn't, but most of it was just, I think, was convenience to kind of fit with like a modern play style. And the other thing that they did too, the, the thing that actually bothered me the most about it and maybe um, the listener would agree with this, is that they just added a bunch of filler shit in it that I don't think was necessary. Like, the game ended up being 50 hours long for a section of Final Fantasy VII that in the original game took, like, four to five hours. So, to me, that was the biggest problem. And that might be part of the reason why the story is the way that it is, is that they just fucking bloated it up like 10 times when they could have just you know shrunk that shit down to like a 20 to 25 hour experience and it would have been much more concise um there is kind of an important element to the story that they changed or a character that they introduced early Mm. that kind of irritates me like i don't know why they did that but other than that it is a great game so yeah but Enough about remakes. We've been talking yes. about this for a while. And before before we get on to the games that we're playing right now, Jake, I do want to add that uh, you and I, we've been very obvious and in, in, in transparent with the listeners about how we've been griping about using Zoom for our podcast. Um, we have a listener, Ryan Betson. Uh, he wrote into us on Twitter, and uh, he wanted to encourage us to try to make a move to Discord to solve our technical issues with the podcast with doing the video video chat that we do and we put the YouTube video up and for getting clear audio. It's something we were going to look into and uh, we definitely did. We did it for this episode so we shouldn't be cutting out in the middle so thanks Ryan for writing in. Um, if you guys don't know who Ryan Betts is, he hosts a podcast called The Pop, Pop Culturists so I wanted to give him a thank you and a shout out on our show. I had texted him back Jake at one point and I was like dude we should do like some cross promo. We'll get on your show you can come on to our show. It'd be fun and he's all about it so maybe we'll have him on as a guest at some point especially since he's using the discord format already we're using it it probably won't be hard to rope him in have a have a maybe a special episode or something with ryan on the show and uh he can join in some video game talk with us uh but yeah so anyways that's something maybe down the pike and uh jake now that we've gotten through all of the uh cleaning up from all of the the emails and 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 we do appreciate you guys writing us and, and communicating with us. It feels good to have some listener, uh, uh, whatever you want, communication to talk about. Um, let's talk about games we're playing. So I'm further into Mass Effect Two, and we're not going to talk about Mass Effect Two because we're going to have a spoiler episode about it. Um, but I'm really liking it, and uh, I'm just going to leave it there. And then I finally started. Uh, I've accumulated enough money now to. Uh, 
do the Dr. Dre missions in Grand Theft Auto Five. Very hard earned on my part. Very hard earned. Spent some time in the casino in the game. Uh, did some missions. Did some not so very nice things to people in the game uh, to get my money. And uh, it's funny because the first mission, you buy like a, 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 a business office, right? It's like an agency. And Franklin from GTA Five, one of the NPCs in the single player game, is running this agency. He's like, "Listen, man, I'm the face of the agency, and you're going to be behind the scenes, and uh, we're going to be like fixers and problem solvers for high profile people in in the city." And he says, "We just don't have that high profile person yet, you know." And the whole online section, anytime the radio's on, it's like, "Oh, this, you know, it's Dre, it's Dre Day or whatever," and and. Uh, you know, and they're talking about how someone stole his mixtape. Every once in a while, I'll show up on the radio, you're driving around, get a call from Franklin, and he says, Hey, man, I think it's happening. Uh, meet me at the golf course. Uh, we're going to meet the guy. We're going to meet. And he goes, I think this is the one that's going to blow us up. If we can get this one down, we're going to be running this city, you know, as far as like being the, the agency to get a hold of the fixed problems. And uh, you go to the golf course and Dre's out there golfing and it's him in GTA. It's so awesome. So he's like hitting the ball and stuff. And there's like some two got two guys roll up on him and like, wow, we're trying to have a business conversation on whatever hole we're on. And the two guys are getting really pissed off. And they're like, hey, you can play through, you know, let us play through. And, and he's like, you don't know who the fuck you're talking to, you know. And then you're there with your business partner, Franklin. And uh, Dre's like, man, take care of these guys for me real quick. If you guys can take care of these guys, then the gig's yours, you know. So, like, these guys take off on a golf cart and they just start going through through the city. And, and you and Franklin have to chase these guys down and, like, threaten them and stuff. And then as soon as you call Dre and say it's taken care of, then you're you're in. So it's so cool. I haven't gotten any further in it. Very fun. I'm ex- I'm enjoying it. Right up my alley. Um, I love it. I love it. I- I'm glad I'm playing it because it's such an old game at this point. It's like probably eight or nine years old. I don't know how old Grand Theft Auto Five is. So what have you been playing? This is where I left things off at. <laughs> so so um, yeah. So are you, you were done. Are those are all the games you played. Well, I did play a little bit of the Nickelodeon Brawlers. We should probably tell the audience we plan on talking about that this episode. But Jake's been sick, so we haven't had a chance to really go through it. I played some of that, and uh, I have opinions on it, but we're going to talk about that next show. That, aside yes. from that, that's all I've been playing. Okay. So, um, I – it's been two weeks since I've been on. So, I've been playing Mass Effect 2. I'm like 30-some hours in. Um, just doing a lot of the the loyalty missions if you're familiar with mass effect 2 you'll know what i'm talking about there's a lot of them to do so if you want to get loyalty for all of your party members so i've been tr- i've been kind of going through that a little bit uh and then i played the demo for metal health oh shit i played it too i forgot yeah go ahead um and then uh that that so to be fair that demo is fucking awesome i I will admit that, like, I'm really bad at it. Like, it requires a level... The thing is, is that imagine... Like, literally imagine playing Doom, but, like, like the new reboot of Doom, where everything's super fast, and you're, like, kind of shooting around, fighting enemies, like, trying to pick up health as you go, stuff like that, because there's no regenerating health. You have to pick it up. Yeah. Um, imagine that, but you have to time all of your shots to the beat, and... It gets and you have to like try to keep building your multi you know, multiplier up. Um, it gets very challenging. 
but I did I did finish the demo. I was able to get all the way through it and beat the boss of the level or whatever. I did not. Uh, I think I think it's fucking cool. Like I think the music is awesome. I love how the music builds as your multiplier builds. Uh, it it I mean I'm a I love metal heavy metal so like the fucking soundtrack is awesome so far even though i've only heard two songs off of it the one thing that i will say and i love that it's an arcade style and the boss when you fight did you did you even get to the boss no dude no okay so the boss is uh um it's fucking tough they the it is tough the boss shoots projectiles at you in patterns almost like you know like a returnal or resogun or something like that Mm -hmm. so it's it's very arcadey your score like you're getting a score the whole time so it's all about getting the high score and being on leaderboards and shit like that it's very arcadey which i wasn't expecting um which i guess i should have expected um but the one thing that i i will say is that if they if they institute a mode where it's like infinite lives or you can just continue and you don't have to like restart levels if you die too many times, I will almost certainly play this game when it comes out. But if it's like, if this is the only mode and it's like after two respawns, you have to restart the level all over again, I probably won't just because I don't have the time to like master every fucking level. Yeah. Uh, And even though like I love the concept, I love the... The idea now, I might pick it up on a sale or something because you know, like I said, the the soundtrack is dope. And honestly, I wouldn't be as offended by the in, and who knows how this will pan out. But if if like when you when you die, you have the option to like select any of the worlds, so like you don't have to like go from start to finish. And let's say like I'm just really bad at the game and I'm stuck on the same fucking level, the same fucking song over and over and over and over and over forever and ever until I get good at it. If I have the ability to say like, okay, this one's a little tough for me. I'm going to switch over and play this other level instead and try to do that. Kind of like the robot masters in, in uh, Mega Man or something. That would be kind of a cool like workaround. I might be kind of interested in trying it if that's the case. But we need, we just don't know. Yeah. At least I I'm not aware of some of these details yet. So we'll have to see how that pans out. Um, so I really like that. The other thing that I've been playing that I actually played while I was on uh, not this past week, the week before that, I was on a trip, a work trip, and I always take my Xbox because I don't want my PlayStation to get damaged and. Uh, I played Nobody Saves the World for that whole time I was gone. I heard it's I awesome. If you remember that? Yeah, that's so. That's the new game by Drinkbox, who did Guacamelee, Mutant Blobs Attack, um, Severed. They've been historically like a PlayStation specific brand, but this most recent game they did as a, a launch exclusive on Game Pass, and then it's now since released on PlayStation, but it was a late release on PlayStation. And uh, so I was playing it because I have Game Pass, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'll jump into this." And it is really cool. Um, the whole idea is that you're you're this character called Nobody. You're just like a white kind of like humanoid who has no real features, and then you're like really really bad at attacking enemies. Like you do this really wimpy like slap when you're trying to attack them, but then you un like you you get this magic wand and you have the ability to like transform into these different forms and they're all like different things like one of them is uh, the first one you get is like a rat and and they have like 
they have abilities that are specific to the the form that you are like the rat's ability is like his main attack is a bite and when you bite the bad guys you poison them because you're a rat and you know it's just kind of thematic and then they have a they have it has like but it's like it doesn't do a lot of damage but the poison builds up and then you have this like special attack where when you attack them it uses like essentially mana and you can like regenerate health if you use that yeah and then like another form that you have is a like a like a guard and you're like a human guard and you run around and like you don't move very fast but you have a sword and you can swing and you do like you do like slice damage and you can build up like it it's all very all the attacks are very thematic to the form that you have um the other thing like the mouse like you'll be in a dungeon or something and there'll be like a like a mouse hole in the wall and if you transform into the mouse you can go through and like solve puzzles and stuff that way or like find secret areas uh there's another form that was like you're a horse and you have to like face away from the enemies, but when you kick them, they go flying into the wall, and it does a shitload of damage to them. Uh, there's like an archer. There's there, there's all kinds. I haven't gotten super far, so I only have like maybe five or six forms. Um, but it's like as it's the the combat, the style is very very early Zelda. So think of like Link to the Past, like from on the SNES, where it's like kind of isometric top down but you're like running around and the combat is is very like one button except for you know you have like a you have a special attack or something like that um but one of the cool features is that once you get to a certain point you get the ability to like combine like let's say you want to be a a guard because you like the main attack but you like the the uh the special attack that the rat has because it gives you health back you have that you unlock the ability to like use your wand to combine forms so that you can use the abilities from one form to That's another cool. and stuff. It, it's 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 very very cool and I, I highly recommend, especially if it comes up on a sale or something, people check it out because I I have really been enjoying playing it to be honest. Yeah, good man. I'm glad you're dipping your toes into something new, a new game, a new game. It's always fun to find a new game and enjoy it. Um, especially yeah. when it kind of takes you by surprise. I know there are some people who are pretty outspoken about that game being good, but it's not one of those games that like got a lot of attention. So those are always like the little gems in gaming to find and, and try out. So cool. All right. Well, let's get on with the news, Jake. If you're a returning listener, you know that we like to do the quizzes over at Push Square. And uh, PushSquare.com is where we get a lot of our news points as well to discuss on the show. Uh, they do good work over there, but they have these quizzes, and they're usually 15 questions long. They're general knowledge quizzes about PlayStation, and we always try our knowledge, and we try to do well on these quizzes. And uh, it's our way of showing you just how little we know about PlayStation. Welcome to the PS This Is Awesome Patreon page. For those of you that don't know, my name is Fred Oakman. And I'm Jake Peters. And we're a PlayStation podcast currently in our 10th year. Our first episode aired in July of 2012, where we discussed and speculated on the arrival of the PS4. Over the years, we've used this podcast to take a break from adulting, share our love of video games, and in particular, PlayStation. The audio podcast is available on all major streaming services, and we have recently made the leap to uploading video content and video podcasting to our YouTube channel, as well as the very occasional Twitter post or live stream. 
Over the years, we have covered everything from PS3 to PS Vita, through the launches of PS4, PSVR, and now PS5. As our audience has grown over the years, we have decided to start this Patreon with the hopes of creating a medium in which we can give you the opportunity to help support our show. And as a test bed, we're starting with a single tier. It's called the one and only $1 Club. So with your support at the $1 level, we're going to mail you a premium vinyl cut sticker and give you a shout out on the podcast. But at this time, unfortunately, we can only ship to the U.S. and Canada. But this is subject to change depending on your interest. So whether you're new to the show or you're a frequent flyer, we are forever thankful for your support and hope you can find it in your little gaming heart to join us in the one and only $1 Club. Until next time, like PlayStation, Podcasting, and Patreon, P.S. This So let's talk about question number one. Who does Chloe Frazier team up with for most of the game in Uncharted The Lost Legacy? Let's give them the, the answers. Charlie Cutter, Nadine Ross, Nathan Drake, or Elena Fisher? That's a no-brainer. That's Nadine Ross. Yep. All right. Nadine Ross, correct. Ooh, Jake, you're going to have to help us with this next time. I haven't gotten to this game yet, but you've played it. In Mass Effect 3, which alien race starts a poorly timed war with the Geth as the Reapers invade the galaxy? Is it the Quarians, the Turians, the Salarians, or the Krogan? I'm guessing the Krogan, but you tell me. Do you know? I honestly don't remember. It's been so long. I played Mass Effect 3 when it came out, but I haven't played it since, so I don't... Mm. Let's see. With the Geth, I'm gonna guess if it's with the Geth, it's probably the Quarians. The Quarians? Which ones are the Quarians again? They're the that's the Talizora where it's the the girl with like the you can't see her face, but it's like a opaque face shield. Yeah. All right. Let's pick super cool character design. Yeah. Let's pick the Quarians and see. Good job, Jake. Man. Two of two, guys. Which of these PS4 fighting games received a graphics overhaul several months after launch? Was it Blaze Blue Chrono Phantasma, King of Fighters 14, Mortal Kombat X, or Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm 4? It definitely wasn't Mortal Kombat. Well, I think I think it's King of Fighters. What's funny is that the image that they show is of Tekken. Um, and it's not one of that. <laughs> not an one, option. One of the answers or options. I, I, yeah, I think it's King of Fighters 14 because I feel yeah. like I remember hearing somewhere that they people really did not like yeah. the graphics when that came out. I agree. I, th- I think you're right on this. Um, let's pick King of Fighters 14. Correct. Three of three, guy. Here we go. Which of these oh, shit, PS next one too? Yeah, which of these PS3 shooters are set in Dubai? Battlefield Three, Spec Ops Align, Crisis Two, or Resistance Two? Spec Ops, right? Yep. Spec Ops. Spec Ops Align. Awesome game. I wish they would. I wish they would re-release. Talk about games they need to fucking remaster or re-release. Oh shit! Spec Ops Align. Hundred percent. Come out and with second one for crying out loud. I'd yep. love to play that game again, honestly. So we got four of four. We're not going to get this next one unless it's a guess. (laughs) How many One Piece Pirate Warrior games are there on the PlayStation consoles? Three, four, five, or six. There's definitely more than three. There could be. I I bet you it's six. If I had to guess, I bet you there's six. I have no idea, dude. Let's go all out and say six. You go with six? I've seen One Piece so many times in our new games thing. There has to be six. 
Pirate Warriors, though, specifically. Should we play it safe and go five? Dude, just pick something because I have no idea. I literally, I haven't even, like, They say trust your gut. I'm going six. That's uh, four. <laughs> Nothing I said was right. <laughs> um, all right, we missed one. Who is this Final Fantasy twelve character pictured? It's a dude with, like, a, a sword. He's got long boots. He's got blonde hair. He looks like every other protagonist. Um, is it Vaughn, Redos, Balthier, or Bosch? B-A-S-C-H. Not to be confused with Bosch, the TV show that I love. Oh, man. Um, try- I want to say Balthier is definitely a character, I believe, in Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy twelve, though. That I don't know. I've never I wanna played say, it. I want to say... I- he looks like a van to me, like a Vaughn, V-A-A-N. Yeah, either a Vaughn or, or like a like a maybe a Bosch. I'm letting you pick this one. You got to pick one. Uh, pick Bosch. Correct. Good job, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> that was a guess. <laughs> hey, we got it. So what was the first Diablo game to release on PlayStation console? Diablo, Diablo 2 Resurrected, Diablo 2, or Diablo 3? Diablo. Wasn't the wasn't the first one on the original PlayStation? <sighs> I doubt it. Can't look it up. Don't look it up. Can't look it up. I, I saw your, your I, inquisitive eyes. You can't look this up. It's cheating. Sorry, I, I just instinctively started looking it up. I think it was. Diablo? I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, I think the original right. Diablo was on PlayStation. Good job. And you didn't you didn't cheat on that, right? No, I, no, I didn't. I started looking it up, and then I... All right. Um, Question 8 of 15. We've missed two. Uh, in what year... No, we only missed one, right? Fuck, I don't know. Yeah, I dude, we've so. only missed one so far. Question 8. In what year did free-to-play Juggernaut Warframe release on PS4? It was like a release game. Yeah, yeah, it was. It for sure was. So 2013. Boom. Correct. Who is an unlockable character in Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge? Casey Jones. We know about this. They just announced it. I'm guessing he's unlockable. Actually, I don't know if he's unlockable or not, but... I'm sure he is. I just pick Casey Jones because he's the one we know. Yep, we got it. All right. What average Metacritic score does PS1 Classic Crash Team Racing have? 88, 83, 95, or 92? Ooh, it's probably 92. I'm pr- don't like all of these that we pick, aren't they like high 80s? Every time we get one of these. I know Crash Team Res- Racing is very beloved. Yeah, I know. But like every time we get one of these, it's like fucking high 80s. Let's go 88. 88. Got it. Good job, Jake. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Dude, we've only missed one. Question 11 of 15. In PS1 platformer, Pandemonium, heroes Fargus and Nikki set out on a quest to find what magical device? Is it a magic spoon, a wishing engine, a dragon's tear, or a dimensional door? And Pandemonium. I'm going to say dragon's tear. I bet you it's dimensional door, but I agree that it should be a dragon's tear, if anything. Well, the way that it's worded is a magical device. Oh, maybe it is like... The wishing engine or the the dimension? I bet you it's the wishing engine, just based on the question. Huh. What do you think? I didn't pick anything yet. 
You want to I mean, that sound. I mean, I get what you're saying. That that would make the most sense if you're focusing on the word device. Let's go wishing engine. Saved us. Yes. <laughs> Got it. All right. Um, what fictional city does Saints Row the Third take place in? Las Velcro, Brick City, Hard Gum, or Steelport? Probably Brick City. Steelport is the only one that like sounds like it could be a real city, though. The Sioux Steelport. Correct. Unbelievable. Oh my gosh! Thirteen of fifteen, only one incorrect yes, answer good this time. Which of these gameplay mechanics did Max Payne Three introduced to the series was it the cover? You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to answer this. I didn't play Max Payne Three. The cover system, I think. I don't think any other games had a cover system. They all had bullet time, paragliding. I don't remember paragliding in Max Payne 3, and you definitely don't freaking sword fight. I'm going to go cover system. Correct. Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. And I've played this game. What kind of bird do you play as in PS4 Indie Hit Death Door? Is it a raven, a magpie, a crow, or a hawk? I'm pretty sure... First of all, it pisses me off that they included both raven and crow. I know, because they both look the same. They're basically the same fucking bird, but I think it's a it's like a crow, isn't it? Mm. That's what I was gonna say. I'm pretty sure you're a crow. Correct. Oh my god, I can't believe this is gonna be the best PlayStation quiz we've done yet. Last question: We've only missed one, listeners. Which former PlayStation employee first unveiled the PS4 in person at E3 2013? Was it Sean Layden? Andrew House, Jack Tretton, or K- Kazuo Harai. Um, it's, uh, wasn't it Andy House? That's what I was going to say. I think it was Andy House. Should we do it? Yeah. Boom! 14 to 15. That's the best we've ever done. And there's your knowledge drop, listeners. Fantastic. There's a reason why we have a yeah. podcast on Power PlayStation. Guessing good that time. We didn't guess on many. We guessed on like three. If we had gotten that one piece question right, it would have been a perfect score. Which we've never done. We never we'd never do another quiz because you gotta end on a good note. Yeah. So moving on to the news, guys, uh there's been a potential leak of what could perhaps be the July twenty twenty two PlayStation Plus games. Those games may include Crash Bandicoot four, it's about time, Dark Pictures Anthology, The Man of Medan, which I've played and really enjoyed. And then Arkageddon, which is actually going to be released July 5th and is a first-person multiplayer shooter. I think that's a good lineup if that's the case. I think that's fine. Yeah, I was actually looking up these, like, uh, well, I, I know about Crash Bandicoot and Dark Pictures, but I looked up Arkageddon, and it actually looked kind of cool, and you can play it by yourself. You don't have to play it multiplayer. Yeah. So that's pretty, I think that's a pretty decent lineup if that's to be believed. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Next news point, Jake. If a game is on PS Plus Extra or PS Plus Premium and you claim it because you are subscribed to the service and you stay subscribed and then later Sony takes it off of the service, you can no longer continue to play that game for free as opposed to the way that the PS Plus Essential games work. So, that's, I mean, that's not surprising. It's just like though. streaming games. If they get pulled from the platform, you just can't access them. Unless you buy I mean it. that's that's the I mean that's the way that Game Pass works. I mean it's honestly pretty amazing that the the 
PS Plus monthly games work that way. Because, you know, every other service, when it leaves the service, you lose your license to it. Right. You, but PS Plus, they, they do a really awesome job with those monthly games. Yeah, you maintain you that license. Them. It's cool. But just so the listeners know, so if you're there, there are, uh, there there is like some fine, fine detail writing on the games when you look at them when you are subscribed to these bonus services for PlayStation Plus that just rolled out that tell you if they are going to be leaving the service and when they're going to be leaving the service. Push Square did a really good job of announcing some games that will be leaving. I know Red Dead uh, Redemption, the first one, and Red Dead Redemption Undead Nightmare will be leaving the service soon. So I think in August. So that's a shame, but makes me wonder if they're doing like something with that if Rockstar is like why would it just all of a sudden be leaving I don't know it could just be that Sony only paid for you know two months of it being on I mean Red Dead Redemption 2 is still an enormous game it's Red Dead 1 though pay a boatload oh it's Red Dead 1 yeah Red Dead Redemption and Red Dead Redemption Undead Nightmare yeah I guess we'll just have to keep an eye on this but it's the same way with Xbox Game Pass um one thing that I do kind of think is kind of annoying about and maybe I'm wrong about this but I was browsing the libraries on the store because I was thinking about upgrading my my subscription. Yeah, and I noticed that I look was looking through like the premium tier stuff. So they call it like the classics section, and they have games on there like the fucking Bioshock Remastered Collection. Mm. And I'm like, that's a PS4 game. Why do I need to be a premium subscriber to play this? Yeah, that's a little weird. I, like I get, I get the original version of that game was a PS3 version, but this isn't the PS3 version. This is the PS4 version of right. the game, and there was some other stuff like remasters like that in this list. Now maybe I'm like I said, maybe I'm looking at it weird, but I know I looked at one of them and it was like premium subscription required, which is kind of to me it seems kind of kind of uh, kind of shitty. Yeah, it's a little weird. Good observation, Jake. In dead uh, Square Enix, sorry, I skipped a point because it was highlighted. Square Enix has been working on a new Star Ocean game titled Divine Force. They are expected to have a showcase of the game in a live stream on June 29th. It's been confirmed that the live stream will feature a little more than eight minutes, including the opening cinematic for the game, the introduction to this game. That's exciting. Star Ocean was a really big game for a long time. Yeah, people really like Star Ocean games. My understanding is that the recent games people really have not liked, but hopefully this will be a return to form for them because I know a lot of people really like that series. Agreed. So keep your eyes eyes out for that. And then Dead Cells uh, we is getting a large update that improves and adds accessibility options in different difficulty modes. It may have already gotten this update. I'm not sure, but if you're a Dead Cells fan... Um, Definitely, uh, the game's getting supported still, so that's nice. And there's not really anything to say about that. Jake, you never played Dead Cells, did you? No, but I was really interested in it, so I don't know. Maybe if I can snag this game on a sale, I might be interested in checking it Same. out. Same. I think it I might. I think it's part of the extra. I think it's PS Plus Extra game. Oh, really? That's cool. I think it is. So there's this really strange Twitter account. I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's at Insider underscore WTF. And it actually has a profile picture of Tom DeLonge from Blink um, from their video, What's My Age Again, where he has like the big long mullet. And uh, they, this this account, 
This account has accurately leaked information about the gaming industry at a close, if not 100% accuracy rate. Most of the leaks have been Sony-related, but the whole thing regarding Hideo Kojima and Microsoft and his exclusive thing was kind of leaked there a little bit. And uh, the most recent leak, which showed up on the Twitter, was a, a screenshot of Kratos with this look like binary code underneath it that could translate to June 30th, 2022. And there's speculation now, because it came from this guy, from this account rather, um, that the state of there's going to be a state of play for God of War Ragnarok coming on 6-30-2022, which falls on a Thursday, which is when Sony usually does their state of plays. So fasten up if this is true. I'm actually really excited for the new God of War. Like I'm ready for a AAA God of War game. I'm ready for a new one. I mean, we'll know by probably Tuesday yeah. if they're doing this. So I'd be really curious to see if that's true. I mean, th- this account has, like you said, it has been really accurate. So I'll be, it, 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 it almost seems likely, but we'll have to see. Yeah, we don't know until we know. But I wanted to at least say that um, so you guys can keep your ears peeled. And if you're interested in following that account, if you like PlayStation or into gaming leaks, I mean, that seems like a very reputable source at this point. No one knows who owns the account. I wouldn't be surprised if it's just some fucking bigwig somewhere that's being like that's part of their you know rollout plan is to leak stuff from this account (laughs) it wouldn't surprise me just to get hype built Uh, but anyway sony rolled out a pretty fun uh two plus minute advertisement um which is live action and it's for the new playstation plus tiers uh with the tagline why be one thing when you can be anything um it's laden with playstation uh title references and is a creative fun watch if you haven't checked it out i think you should you can watch it on the playstation blog or go to youtube it's actually really really cool it's like this like this guy and he's going to like the coffee shop and like well by the end of the by the end of the advertisement like for a tip he leaves the waitress like one of uh an uncharted coin like the, like one of those think like the logo that spins and stuff you know, Sony's really good at putting these subtle references in but they're not so subtle like uh he's feeding like some sort of monster under a door he goes down into his crazy big attic or a basement which isn't like really even like makes sense considering the size of his apartment he has like a closet and there's like the no man sky or an astronaut uniform in there and uh he's just this old guy and it's like you know and there's this this voiceover it's just like um have you ever wanted to do blah 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 blah? and it doesn't overtly talk it's not like oh you can get this and that and this and this and all these tears and you can do this and you can do that doesn't even really talk about any of that it's just a and at the end, it says PlayStation Plus, plus extra, plus whatever. Very cool the way they're advertising, and it's not so in your face, but it makes me wonder if maybe they were a little more direct in their advertising that they would do better. Um, I like these cryptic things. I like how they are creative with their advertising, but it's interesting to see their approach. I mean, it appeals to me, but I, they've already got me. You know what I mean? Like, they've already yeah. got me. I don't know. Opinion shake? I don't know. I think it could be an interesting way to kind of drag people in. You know, just at least, at least all all that it really needs to do is have them Google it. You know what I mean? Like if if the if the person Google's PlayStation Plus to see what it is because they saw this interesting commercial, mm. then it kind of did its job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like people like you and I already know what PS Plus is. So like 
doesn't really affect us at all. We can just appreciate the commercial for what it is. But, you know, it, it's it's interesting and confusing enough at the same time and cryptic enough that people might be like, oh, what is this? Like, and they might Google it. Like, have you ever, have you ever seen an advertisement for a company? Like for me, a big thing is, you know, if I'm watching MotoGP or something, I might see an advertisement on a motorcycle that like the, the, the graphic is really fucking cool. So I might just Google the company. Because I'm like, what is this company? Because I think this graphic is really cool. Like, what is it? What is it for? And this is basically just an extension of that. You know, it's just marketing. It's a different tactic for sure than just straight up being like, do this and pay this and do this and you get this and blah, 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 blah. (laughs) And there are, there, there are, there are like methods to that. But, you know, at the same time, it's maybe if they, if, if they're already there, because they went through the, the the method of like searching through everything, mm. maybe there won't be so much sticker shock. You know what I mean when they look at the price. So I don't know. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I, I like. I'm, I'm fine. I like watching them. They're fun. Um, for those of you guys who don't know, I was a very huge advocate when I finally got into the video game Darkest Dungeon. And uh, although I haven't yet beaten the game, I'm definitely going to revisit it this fall and probably try to beat it. Um, it's just one of those games I want to play in the fall. Just the the just the art style, just like the the gothicness of that game is so cool. But there's a new game, and it's being developed by Zen Studios called Circus Electric, and Electric is spelled like Electric E L E C T R I Q U E, and they very very uh, very much. Took a lot from Darkest Dungeon. Um, four people in a in a group, where they're positioned in a line, certain attributes work, certain don't. They, they they pretty much ripped it off, but it looks pretty cool. And uh, Push Square said that it's essentially a Darkest Dungeon uh, clone, but with circus characters. And uh, there's a four minute overview trailer of this game out now. And Zen Studios also made, I believe, they made Pinball Arcade. Um, I could look into that. I know they had a pinball series, but I think that's the one where I placed, like, I don't know, very high in the world rankings on the Gorgon table, which is hilarious. Um, but, uh, there, yeah, you should go check it out because it, it looks really interesting. And while I'm on my Darkest Dungeon kick, uh, for those who don't know, and maybe you're a gamer and you play on Steam or... Uh, whatever the other store is, I, what's that other store that computer Epic Game Stores or whatever? I know that Darkest Dungeon Two has had an early release, uh, one of those early access things, and uh, they are consistently they're following the same plan they did with First Darkest Dungeon, where they're just releasing the build, getting player feedback, reworking the all the game mechanics, getting player feedback reworking everything until it becomes like this fucking masterpiece. Darkest Dungeon is amazing. Uh, The retail version. And I know they had trials and tribulations when they were doing this with the first game. Uh, At one point, they broke the game because they took the wrong advice or they did something or maybe they made a decision. Uh, They they made an executive decision as a studio to change the way mechanic worked and half of the players in early access essentially just started trashing the game before it was even released and it caused a lot of headache for the studio 
ultimately it was a good decision. So they're trusting their gut. But what I understand, because I just saw a YouTube video of someone who's been actively playing Darkest Dungeon 2 on early access, is that this game and the latest patch notes for the early access update indicate that they are looking at uh, the studio, Red Hook Studios, are looking at a February 2023 release date for Darkest Dungeon 2. Um, which is kind of exciting, but it didn't indicate it would be releasing the consoles on, in February 2023. Um, which is kind of frustrating um, because, I don't know, I just hope they make it Mac available because I'm not going to be able to play this game. I know I can play Darkest Dungeon on my Mac. I can do the first one, but I know these developers usually have to jump through hoops to get their games to work on Mac, unfortunately. And I don't know if Raid of the Gate's going to be available. So uh, one of the interesting things about Darkest Dungeon 2 that I found out, in the first game, you're traversing a dungeon. So you're going through the catacombs and the dungeon of this mansion. And you're running this upkeep on uh, the manor and all of the hamlet of all these different locations and stuff. I believe, from what I understand... Darkest Dungeon 2, the movement mechanics, uh, you're no longer in a dungeon, but you're in like a carriage and you're you're going through like the woods and all these different things and it's in you run into different enemy types that way and you fall into traps and you run into things and then it causes battle scenes. So and I think it's from what I understand, uh, again, this is interesting, is in the original Darkest Dungeon, it was like you go into a dungeon and you're just there. Um, I believe that the way they're they're making the sequel is that it's going to have a kind of slay the spire um, choice mechanic into what path you want to take with your your Conestoga wagon or whatever the hell you're in. So how that implements into the gameplay and stuff seems so cool to me. So I don't know how the first game wraps up. My guess is is that the whole thing just goes to hell. By the end of the game, the game is just so dismal and people die all the time and like it's bad, your characters die. And I think at the end of it, you the whole Hamlet probably just is probably bedlam and catches on fire. And I'm guessing Dark Dungeon 2 is like the character is trying to leave or resettle somewhere else and it's the voyage. My guess. I don't know because I haven't played it and I haven't watched a lot of shit on it, but I'm so excited. This circus game looks awesome. Circus Electric. And even though they've stolen outright the mechanics of Darkest Dungeon, I'm excited for it. And the graphics aren't doing it for me really either, but the, just the gameplay is so cool. Um, there's something very iconic about the the way Darkest Dungeon delivered, man. And Jake, I still highly recommend you play that game, dude. It is so. I think this looks pretty cool. It's like it's almost like a. It almost seems. I know it's circus themed, but it's almost like has like a steampunk aesthetic. Almost. Mm. I don't know if you get what I'm kind of driving mm-hmm. at. Um, it reminds me a lot of like uh, like SteamWorld heist or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's very very interesting. I think it could so. be a cool game to find. Yeah, when it comes out. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. but Jake, you still need to play Darkest Dungeon. You have to. What I, it's what I've been hearing. You're going to lose your shit if you do. All right. <laughs> so anyways, Gamescom, a pretty large trade fair um, uh, show for video games held in Germany. You guys have heard of it before, probably if you're listening to the podcast. Um, it's set to begin August 24th, 2022, and then August 29th, 2022. Sony has announced that they're not going to be attending the convention. Um, 
Jeff Keeley, who also hosted uh, the Summer Games Fest, will also be hosting Gamescom. Um, now, be aware that Jeff Keeley was in, in Summer Games Fest is where they announced the Last of Us remake. And uh, I believe that's essentially where they did it. So it's interesting that Sony is bowing out of the Gamescom, which they've been a part of in the past it's kind of a weird step because they had previously announced release dates for Horizon Forbidden West and the Ratchet and Clank a Rift Apart and all these different games have been featured at Gamescoms in the previous years but I feel like they're just going straight state of play now they're not they're, they haven't taken part in many of these things anymore yeah, I because every time they have a booth or an attendance at one of these places, I mean, it's millions and millions of dollars they're spending for this. And it, what this tells me is that not attending all these conventions in recent years hasn't seriously affected them whatsoever. Yeah. So why why do it? Yeah, it's a good point. You know, it's one thing if they're like Microsoft or something and they're trying to play catch up or whatever. Um but Sony has no reason to spend the resources to do this. Now, do I think it would be cool if they were there just because I want to see, like, announcements and stuff like that? Yeah, sure, mm. whatever. But I can understand, like, why they're not. Because um, they don't think that they need this these conventions anymore. And that's understandable. If you don't need it, why spend the money? Why spend the money? Simple as that. This comes down to ones and zeros, listeners. Think, think about it this way. If you could have Sony not go to conventions for three years, yeah, and because they did that, you get one more high-quality Sony-grade AAA first-party game because of the money that they saved, that's pretty fucking awesome. Fair enough, yeah. You know, No, like I said, I do enjoy the spectacle, and I like the announcements and all that stuff, but... Yeah, I don't know. It's it's fine. Yeah, I'm okay with it too. To be fair, I'm okay with it. Um, because we we're still gonna get our Sony updates. We're gonna get them. We're gonna get our PlayStation game updates. They're gonna give. Me I will admit right. though. I will admit though. I did watch the PlayStation or sorry, the Xbox uh, event that they did uh, last weekend. Yeah, and there were some things in that event that made me be like, oh man, I kind of wish that Sony still did these types of presentations. They're exciting, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're exciting. I don't know. Continue. I remember I drove to your house one time to, to watch one of those PlayStation things. Uh, that was a long time ago. That was like the launch of the PS... I think it was like the launch of the PS4 or something. Yeah. Like that. Or the, the announcement of the PS4 yeah, or something. Yeah, we, we did that. Came up, we went over and watched it Because we recorded a podcast right after it, right? Talked about it, yeah. A long time yeah. ago. But, I mean, yeah, we used to get really jazzed about all that stuff. And I still do, but it, it's just different time, different place, different era. Anyways, hey, Tony Hawk 1 and 2. patient now. Yeah, fair enough. Tony Hawk 1 and 2 had a really nice re-release. Really well received. And apparently the studio had planned uh, to follow that up with uh, Tony Hawk 3 and 4. It was leaked during an interview with Tony Hawk recently that when Vicarious Visions merged with Activision Blizzard... Um, that the three and four plans uh, were snuffed out by Activision Blizzard. They just didn't want to do it. So that's kind of disappointing. That kind of sucks because three and four were both good games. So I know one and two are like the like the legendary classics, but like I played a shitload of Tony Hawk three on PS two. Yeah, three was so. Fun. I think that like it would have been cool for them to do them. I don't know. 
Like, I, I don't necessarily need, like, Tony Hawk Underground and shit like that. But, like, right. where you're, like, driving cars and stuff. But, like, mm. yeah, I mean, 3 and 4 would have been a dope way to just, like, kind of round out the the numbered Tony Hawk games. I mean, you don't have to include Tony Hawk 5 because that was a fucking dumpster fire. Mm. But, like... Those four classic games up through the PS2 generation were good. They were. It's kind of disappointing we're not going to get them. Um, and this isn't on the news point, but uh, apparently Skate Skate 2 is uh, very, very far along. And uh, so we're going to be getting another Skate game probably pretty soon. We're going to start hearing more Skate more. 2, because there was... You're talking about Skate 3? Whatever the new skate, skate game skate is they're working on. Yeah, yeah. Whatever the new one is. 3? Yeah, is it okay. 3? I thought maybe they were maybe doing a remake of Skate 2, no. and I was like, oh, okay. So whatever the latest one is going to be, they've announced that everyone's going apeshit about, all the skaters and all the cool oh, kids. Skate's awesome. I mean, those games are really fun. They're hard because you have to like actually do the tricks with the yeah. sticks and stuff, but they're really fun. Dude, there's nothing more... Well, I take this... It, it, there are things more soothing to me, but there's something about the sound of a skateboard just cruising on concrete in all of those games like Tony Hawk fucking skate and like this a I love yeah, that and like sound the, dude the all the sound of the ollie like your board hitting the concrete and like uh, yeah like takes one of my back. favorite things about like I love skate just rolling around the world I mean Tony Hawk was cool too when it was op- like more open where you're just like you don't even care about your score. You're just fucking skating around, just chilling out, Dude. just pop like grinding rails, popping like you know kickflips and shit off of yeah. like just dumb stuff. Just rolling around, keeping a rhythm up, and kind of playing yeah. it really. Doing zen. the manuals, like, there's something really stuff, cool yeah, about so that. So fun, ah, so good. Yeah, that's what I like the most about the skate games is you can just open skate, dude. You can just go, yeah, and just like just fucking. I'm too old to fucking skateboard, dude. I used to skateboard a little bit. Yeah. I was never good. I was good enough to not fall all the time, right? <laughs> That's about as good as yeah. I was. But, man, I do miss, like, just kind of pushing around on a board, man. I miss it. Um I don't know. I don't know. But, anyways, that's all I got for the news. Let's talk about new games coming up, Jake. We've got, on June 28th, Disgaea 3 Complete on PS5, PS4, DNF Duel. That's a 6. Oh, 6. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I told you I put more whiskey in this cup than I normally would. Um, Disgaea 6 for PS5 and PS4. DNF Duel, PS5, PS4. Escape Academy, PS5, PS4. Phobia St. Dinfa. Din- Dinfna Hotel. D- that's a heart. Hmm. D-I-N-F-N-A. Dinfna Hotel, PS5, PS4, MX vs. ATV Legends, PS5, PS4, Tour de France 2022 on the PS5, PS4, coming June 29th, The Legend of Bum Bo, PS5, PS4, June 30th, Arcade Archives, Thunder Scepter, <laughs> that's awesome, Thunder Scepter sounds cool, I've never played the game before, I'm sure it's huh. some cool game, Dude, that's a great name, um, we always rip on game names, but I think when we see a good one, we should also give them credit. Uh, Thunder Scepter sounds so cool, dude. Cuphead, the delicious last course, coming out PS4, June 30th. Outriders, World Slayer, PS5, PS4. Rabbids, Party of Legends, PS4, and the Galactic Junkers on PS5. Coming July 1st, we got F122, PS5, PS4, and Instant Sports All-Stars, PS5. Dude, this is actually a really good week. Yeah, it really Fucking is. Fucking Disgaea, DNF Duel is like a huge thing in the fighting game community. Um, MX versus ATV Legends, Tour de France, freaking Cuphead, Outriders, F122. Is that, an up, is that DLC like, for Outriders? Is that what that is? 
Yeah, yeah, it's like the, it's the new expansion. Okay, I wasn't even I wasn't sure what it was. Dude, if I wasn't, if I honestly, I don't know if it's included with Game Pass at all or, or whatever. If I'd have to buy it extra because I played that game on Xbox. Um, if I wasn't playing other shit, I'd probably jump back into Outriders because that game was really fun. Really, I know you. I know yeah, you talked it really a lot fun. about it and how it was like better than like you know probably better, better than, than it deserved it be. to be. Yeah, which is awesome. Um, I think that. I was going to say something. Let me collect my thoughts here real quick. I'm trying to come up with our closing real quick while I'm <laughs> on this. Uh, uh, man, come on. Help me out here, bud. Uh, jump. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sorry. I don't want to say it out loud. Um, yeah. So, again, thanks for tuning into the podcast. Jake, is there anything that you want to finish out with? Anything you'd like to add for the listeners before we close out this kind of long show? Dude, our new running time is about an hour and like 20 minutes. I hate to say it because it's been nice keeping them kind of brief for the listeners, but well, we've had some news to is. talk about. You know, and you were gone last yeah. episode, so. I um, no, I, I want to just say thank you again to LJ for filling in last week, and uh, you know I'm I'm uh, excited to be back chatting about games. Still recovering a little bit again. Thank, sorry for my nasally kind of mucusy voice, but it is what it is. Um, I'm stoked to try and get through Mass Effect because I, I, uh, you know, I got some other stuff that I always like to play. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just excited to be able to be able to play some games. Are you uh, Are you taking notes on your Mass Effect Two playthrough or no? I am a little bit here and there. Yeah, just on like my impressions, like the things I like that they improved that, you know, things that are different stuff from sure. aspect one. It's more like a, more like a, you know, what do I like and don't like about the, the, um, the differences between the first game and the second game in like mechanically there, there's a lot. I mean, there's some stuff about the story. Mo- usually the story, I can kind of hang on to that. Yeah. And I, I sort of will might make points to say like, Oh, I want to comment on this part of the story or whatever. Yeah. But generally like the stuff I take notes on is like, are, are like mechanical things about the game. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm sh- I, there was something for sure. I was going to say, Big shout out to Ryan again because I really think that this is going to be the way we're going to do the show. Your voice sounds clearer to me on my end, so hopefully it's being recorded clearer. It was always yeah. a little gainy, a little a little overdriven a little bit here and there, but I feel like we dialed it in. In fact, next show we might bring your gain down a little bit and try to maximize it on my end. Um, just get a clearer signal, but I think it sounds already sounds better than what it's ever sounded. So it's funny because yeah. your voice is like really clear now and uh, you have – a weird voice to begin with because of your sinus infection. So um, <laughs> this is all that people are going to uh, think this is what you sound like all the time. And uh, it's not. It kind of is, but it's not. But yeah, I think that's that's all I really wanted to say. Um, you know, we've pretty much covered everything. I don't want to keep the listeners on the hook for too much longer. Thanks to Jeff for writing in. Thanks to uh, the fellow on YouTube, I've already closed it out, so I don't want to risk pronouncing your name wrong again. But thanks for t- chiming in about Final Fantasy VII. Um, I, as well as you, uh, hope that the uh, the the part two and part three are also awesome. I can't wait to sink my teeth into the part seven remake, um, the first part of part seven. I'm real excited for it, and I uh, appreciate you writing in. Feel free to write in any time. Uh, we never really take. Are you, are you talking about Final Fantasy VII? Yeah, the remake. Yeah. 
Dude, when you do that, I think what I'll do is I'll jump in and I'll play Intergrade because I haven't played the Yuffie Intergrade DLC yet. Okay. So that that'll be a good a good time yeah. for us to be able to kind of chat about it. Kind of, I can refresh and play the part that I missed, and yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, and we never really get offended either. I know I know you said that bringing up the uh, comparison Last of Us and whatever the hell else I said. Comparing that with the uh, Final Fantasy VII remake was kind of an absurd comparison. Man, I'm not offended by that at all. I, like I said on the show last episode, I never played those. I couldn't. I did play through Final Fantasy VII back in the day, the original, but I couldn't tell you the first thing. I know there's a cloud. I know there's cloud and Barrett, and I know there's a skyship. I believe at some point, and I know there's the uh, the chocobos. And uh, man, I know there's some things, and I know there's a Sephiroth. And uh, that's about as far as I can go with it. I don't remember the story whatsoever or what you're trying to do, so I couldn't really speak to it. But happy to hear you hear from me. If you have any other input, um, feel free to uh, chime in on the YouTube channel. Uh, leave a comment because we do check those. And uh, you know, I was I was thinking too, Jake. I don't know if we should do this. Maybe just for listeners. Maybe listeners who don't want to actually partake in the Patreon because it's a monthly one dollar. I was thinking about just making it open season on the podcast, and maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we should leave it as an exclusive thing, getting the vinyl sticker. But I thought, well, maybe we should sell them for like three bucks a piece or something. Uh, if you want to just, uh, you know, somehow send us money. I don't know how you would do it. You know what I mean? Um, so we'd have to like create like a web store yeah, or something. I don't know. But You'd almost have to have like a web store. Yeah, the easiest something. way is a Patreon. So if you want one of these six stickers like Jeff's going to get soon if he doesn't have it already, it is very much very much our logo and it's a nice vinyl sticker. It'll stick anywhere. Um, a dollar a month. And I'm being super generous because before we even get your payment, if you subscribe to our Patreon, I'm sending it out. So here's a pro tip. Honestly, don't rip us off because we, we think our listeners are cooler than that. You could you could technically subscribe to the Patreon, have me mail a sticker, and then unsubscribe before you even get charged and get a free sticker out of it. But don't fucking do it because I'll have your name and address. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but I'll send you a bill for $1. Yeah. Take your ass to uh, PS This Is Awesome Court, which will be – we'll challenge you in a PlayStation knowledge check. And uh, if you lose and you oh, us double. God, don't do that. Yeah, we'll probably lose. Anyways, no, nah, I'm just playing. But seriously, if you guys want to join on the Patreon, we always appreciate it. And uh, I'm surprised we have as many patrons as we do already, to be honest. We're not a very big show. And uh, we have quite a few people that think we put out worthy enough content that they want to give us a buck a month. And uh, that is the plan. Um is uh, just for us to build this community, and you know, now that we're using Discord, Jake, maybe we'll. Uh, we don't have enough users to really invite people to our Discord, but if you want to check it out, it's just uh, PS. This is awesome. Is my is the user handle? If you want to request a friend on Discord or whatever, I'll add you. I don't know what that means, but I'm trying to think. Like, I don't know. We don't. Re- I don't even know how to make servers and stuff there. Have private rooms. It's really quite confusing um, for my old brain, but. It seems like a really powerful tool for free. So, yeah. So definitely. That being said, I will. Uh, I'll let you guys go for the day. And I just screwed up our OBS stream because I move. I was talking about Discord and I tried to slide it to look at something, and now your your thing is a little screwy, man. And that's on me. The OBS thing. We're integrating OBS with our stream, but uh, 
Um, yeah. All right. So that's all I got. I'm just resizing this. Okay. We're resized. We're ready to go. Thanks for tuning in to episode 229 of PS. This is awesome. I'm sorry that I was a little long winded there. I was just trying to get my thoughts in order. Happy to have you back, Jake. Um, while I really appreciate LJ Jip on the show, uh, and love the conversation I had with him, I am back to, uh, Autopilot. At one point during our show last week, I said, all right, what do you think, Jake? And I was like, fuck, LJ. (laughs) (laughs) I felt like an asshole, but I did say that. Anyways, like judgment, jump force, and joust. P.S. P.S. This is awesome. This is awesome.